Well, oil is down sharply this morning because it sounds like a price is being reached on what is to be set as the top price Russia can charge. It's low, but not that low. Does that mean more Russian oil on the world market? The FOMC minutes are out. We'll look at those as well, hot off the press. And PMI is not good on the world stage, particularly for the United States, and a surprisingly strong day for the pound. Is it because they're going to win the World Cup? I wonder. It's Thursday, the 24th of November, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is well down today, losing more than 1% on the DXY index. The Aussie dollar is up 1.3%, almost to 67.4 US cents, and a 1% rise in the euro. The pound up 1.5%, with 10-year gilts down 12 basis points today. Yields are down for bonds across Europe. Uh, 10-year bonds down 5 basis points, down 6 in France, uh, down 6 as well for 10-year treasury yields. A chunk of that since this morning's FOMC minutes, although they were heading down ahead of that. And US shares are well up. The Nasdaq is up 1%. The Dow is up 0.3%. The S&P up 0.6%. Again, jollied along by those minutes, although pairing some of those gains just before close. And oil, Brent is down 4.1%, falling below $85 a barrel now. WTI down 4.3%. There is a reason for that, which we'll get to shortly. But first, uh, well, let's look at the PMIs yesterday, first of all, and overnight with NAB's Gavin Friend in London. Because the interesting thing, Gavin, was, uh, and, you know, tell me how this is reflecting what we're seeing in the markets this morning, but the the PMIs in the in, uh, the US, they actually did worse than Europe. US manufacturing down from 50.4 to 47.6. Services down from 47.8 to 46.1. Quite big falls and well below forecast, which sort of adds to that idea that maybe even in the US they are heading for a recession. Is is that the way the market's seeing it? Yeah, morning, Phil. Um, well, I think the first uh, sort of caveat to state on that is these are the S&P global PMIs. Uh, and for the US, they don't have the same kind of sample size that the ISM series have. Uh, and that yep. ISM manufacturing and services series have been running at a stronger level, activity level in both manufacturing and services. I think there's a general agreement that the US manufacturing sector is in recession, but services, which is bulk of the economy, 80% or so, is above 50. But to your point, if we take the sort of, you know, the, the, the S&P measure that was out on Wednesday as a sort of a, you know, a combined thing across all countries, because we get it for the UK, we get it for Europe, we get it for Australia, we get it for Japan. You're right. Um, the composite for the US actually bringing these two sectors together was, um, was, was weaker than we saw in Europe and in the UK. Actually, the UK... Uh, I mean, they're all contracting in Europe. They're all contracting in the UK. But the pace of contraction um, actually slowed in Europe. And in the UK, it's stabilized. In the UK at 48.3, it's actually stronger than in the US or the UK. So make of that what you want. You know, we know yeah. we know that... In fact, within Europe, Europe was pretty flat as well, but France saw the most change, didn't it? So, I mean, from yeah. country to country. Yeah, I mean, typically France does seem to be a lot of... It, it does tend to show a lot of month-to-month volatility. It equals out over the, the longer term, of course, but we, I don't think um, anybody will be surprised to see the, you know, the French numbers jumping around because they typically do tend to do that. But I think, you know, for what all of that did, there was quite a lot of focus on that that uh, on Wednesday, you know, we saw uh, it was, all, I guess, a risk positive day stocks up by less than half a percent or so in the US and Europe yields all generally lower, you know, down seven basis points in US twos down five in the tens. Actually, then if you look at Germany and the UK, um, whilst the US sort of twos ten 
stabilized there. Um, we've got um, more of an inversion going on in Germany and Europe, so in the UK. So, you know, twos in Germany were flat, tens were down eight. Uh, UK twos were down two, tens were down 15 basis points. So there's a theme there in terms of Europe and UK curve inversion has lagged behind that of the US. Um, but it is now pl- starting to play catch up on all of this as, you know, central banks around the world start mm. to, you know, really tighten more aggressively. Yeah. So, so if you look at the two tens, I mean, that's, that was been sort of sticking around 40, 50 basis points, you know, for a while it's blown out to 76. If you look at other measures, the three months, 10 year us, it was, you know, minus 10 July, October blown out to minus 60 Powell's reported favorite implied yield curve, which looks at the three month T bills in 18 months, three months forward. Um, that's down, down from 250 basis points to close to zero, not yet matching the sort of early naughty GFC recession levels, but getting down there. Um, you know, so all of these things are, are kind of moving into a, a particular groove. Um, you know, we can talk about what were, were the drivers on the day in terms of US data we had. Well, it was mixed, wasn't it? Because, I mean, those PMIs weren't that great. But if we look at everything else, so durable goods orders, for example, up 1.1% month on month, more than twice, the, you know, the growth that was expected. And, uh, you know, it was 3%, 0.3%, I should say, in September. Uh, take out yeah. big ticket items like transport and defence. Uh. And it's still going up. So that's got to be a good sign, hasn't it? And, yeah. and actually, mortgage applications as well. I mean, I know it's just one month, but they are up as well uh, because mortgage rates are falling. You know, the numbers from the Mortgage Bankers Association, so 7.14% for 30-year mortgage rates at the start of this month, down to 6.67%. That is actually quite a drop. And that would suggest the market is expecting that the Fed is going to peak sometime soon. Mm, it? it would do. Um, and, you know, just sort of linking that up, we did have home sales data uh, today in the US. Um, and that mm. was a, a shock, 7.5% gain on the month, 632,000, well above the the consensus of 570, yeah. something of a con- contradiction you've got to say to declining mortgage application data um, as those rates rise and affordability drops. Uh, it might be that there's a you know the lack of supply, certainly an issue there that might be helping things bounce a bit more. And you, you could argue that maybe that draws out more would-be sellers who had otherwise hunkered down, you know, for this for this period. Um, but you know, s- sales are um, home sales are down nearly forty percent from their their peak, so they are moving in that direction. On the durable goods, um, they were stronger. I mean, if you look at non-defence ex-air capital goods, up 0.7 versus a flat forecast. There were some downward revisions to prior numbers so you know they, they, these, these numbers can be volatile but you know they both play to a kind of against the sort of movement that we saw in asset markets today weekly jobless claims was it was was a weak weak story yeah. you know they jumped to 240,000 from 222 well about the forecast i mean this arguably plays to the idea that claims might start you know might be starting to gently rise as firms react to the feds you know, tightening as they should. I mean, the caution here, I guess, is that, um, you know, it's just one week's, da- one week's data. Have... And also there's the, the yeah. holiday seasonality. And loads yeah. of people... Lo- they will, they will, exactly, they all will of that. And loads of, people got, loads of people got the sack at Twitter. I think a lot of it yeah. was layoffs in technology. But it is a three-month high, you're right. So we'll, you know, we have yeah. to keep an eye on it and see what happens. So inflation expectations are still... Uh, didn't really move, did they? We had the, the Michigan Consumer Sentiment read. The final read actually uh, was up a bit on the preliminary read. Uh, the preliminary one was 54.7. It's now 56.8. Uh, so that's quite a revision. 
upwards. But uh, in terms of inflation expectations, stuck on 4.9% this year, 3% for five years out. So uh, yeah. presumably the Fed was, would like to see that come down, wouldn't well, they? Well, that was a slight improvement in the one year to 49 from 5.1. So yeah, stick, right. stick okay. it down a little bit. But you, you know, to your point, the five-year to te- five to ten year is stuck at three percent. Um, mm. You know, that, that'll come down in time. And it has to because of what the Fed is doing. I, I think the other interesting thing that's playing into this today is is, is that we we talked about oil just you know coming down. It's what down over five bucks on WTI. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and because of this cap. Well, yes. I mean, there, there are two things. One, one is you could say that if if the economy, the global economy, is slowing down and you know curves are inverting around the world certainly around the Western world, then oil ought to be coming back despite, you know, the sort of tightness of supply. I mean, that's one that's one feature. But yeah, because there's a huge the, drop in oil stocks in the US overnight. So, uh, it's, it's you know, it's bizarre to see pri- the, the oil price moving down, isn't it, given given that? But it is, a chunk of it surely is that there, there is now an expectation, what, 65 to $70 is the uh, the price cap on Russian oil. It seems to be what yeah. the EU and the G7 yeah. is setting. Well, the first the first thing to say is is that you know as you always gone into contango, which is kind of rare, and what seems to be happening here is that there may be the caution we know is there may be some technical sort of uh, position adjustments going on here um, that might be sort of um, you know uh, flattering the the move lower. Um, we shall see, but we are and technically, you know, WTI at seventy-seven a quarter. It's it's seemingly resuming its downtrend and getting into sort of areas where, you know, we start to go much below here, and you you might get some sort of more larger drops. People start on technical levels start breaking down. To your point about the um, you know the EU discussions of an oil price cap on Russian oil, um, I mean, obviously part of this is this is all being driven by further efforts to punish Russia for its mm. invasion in Ukraine. It's, this has been nine months in the making. These talks ahead of a 5th of December G7 and EU ban on Russian oil. It seems but quite condition- high, doesn't it? I mean, you know, well, given, yeah. if you look at what's happening today, I mean, you know, 70 cruise missiles launched by Moscow into Ukraine, hitting Kiev. Uh, Kiev managed to intercept 51 of them, but Kiev's t- taken a hammering today, and you'd be thinking, well, God, you know, how much do we want to fund this war with, with oil? 65 to $70 a barrel seems rather a lot to be uh, allowing them to charge. Well, it's certainly, um, it's certainly well above of the cost of production for these yeah. guys and so yeah. you know and i think i think you know just reading around this story um the conditions around this proposed cap um as i say nine months in the making they're they're, they're you know it, they, they're, they're being weakened they're being watered down for instance the restrictions on european ships you know you think cyprus and malta and uh, and Gre- the greek shipping you know companies that the, the were very much against this because they, they might lose out there's been some further watering down that they're, they're not going to be stopped from actually tankering stuff around. What appears to be happening here is is the growing realisation, as there was in gas, that you know, th- these measures could be quite damaging uh, to the West in terms of containing supply, which is the last thing you want. In other words, right. the medicine may be well worse than the curse. So is that why so it boils down today? Because it's going to, it's suggesting there's going to be more supplies coming from Russia exactly. than we perhaps would have expected. Exactly. So officials yeah. seem to be watering down uh, mm. and designing these so they don't actually work. And therefore, you've got uh, more, the, the idea, the speculation that there'll be more uh, than feared Russian oil floating around. Uh, you combine that with China's weaker demand. You know that's the same thing. And you know, I feed that into the global, uh, you know, yielding yield inversion story and all that. You know, the, these things right. seem to be aligning. Okay, let's um, let's look at central let's look at central banks. Uh, yeah. 
Can I can I just yeah. just 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 flip back quickly to the yield story in Europe and, and this kind of, of curve inversion that we're seeing in in Germany and UK and you know what was interesting you know the football uh, was on today of course not suggesting that we were watching it but there was a game between <laughs> Japan and Germany. Oh, did we and, see and a market Japan reaction to that? That was a shocker Japan, for those who and, oh we shouldn't uh, can we do a spoiler? I mean it was another surprise wasn't it? And this has been an amazing World Cup for surprise results. But I mean yeah German Germany could well be it, out uh, in the group yeah. round. So did we? Do we see a market reaction? I don't to know this? whether it's something about teams' ability to play in the heat or what have you, but Japan, Japan's uh, performance there—you yeah. saw. Um, you know, uh, we talked about you know US ten-year yields being down to the five basis points. Germany yields fell eight basis points. No reason why, given the PMI data, that they would have dropped <laughs> more uh, than, than Japan. Uh, than, sorry, than, than, than the US. And then, and then, as as the result came in. Uh, JGB yields, the ten-year yields, just blipped, sort of a half a pip, sort of thing. So you had this right. strange. It sounds like, like you are reaction. just Euro trying to. Yen, you're Euro just Euro trying to find fell. an excuse for watching the World Cup. That's all this is. Hey, <laughs> no, 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 we're not. We're not at all. We're concentrated on the job in hand. Euro yen fell, and uh, you know, in testament to that. And just one, just wonders what does this mean for the pound, which has yeah. done well today, one of because the best performing currencies. When England play the US on Friday, I mean, will Harry Kane? the dollar on Friday. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, not but, jinx, let's not jinx it. No, but there you are, a headline writer, that's for sure. So, But why is the pound doing so well today? I mean, it is a bit of a standout. Yeah, I mean, I, I, perhaps it's got something to do with that relative outperformance mm. on the PMIs in the UK versus the US and Europe. Um, on another day, it might not do that. Uh, certainly, the headwinds for, for the UK are there. And whilst we can see over the course of the next year, the dollar continuing to decline overall, um, there's not a lot of reason that we can see for the pound to outperform its peer group. Um, we did have Bank of England governor, uh, so we did have Bank of England Chief Economist Hugh Pill speaking today. He, he leans to the hawkish side. He repeated that more tightening is likely needed to get inflation to the target and also repeated that he does not anticipate rates rising to the levels priced by markets, you know, that 4.6. So you've got economists coalescing around to the 375 to four and a quarter. But he did add that the UK labour market indications are starting to, to, to turn slowly. So employment is kind of stopping expanding. Unemployment's about to rise. And he said the BOE is, is data dependent. If that's the case, then you like to see, you know, more increasingly, you know, weaker data. And, you know, you, you could see on that basis, the curve starts to steepen as, as, as shorter term yields start to come down. It's not happening at the moment. Um, and, and none of that really is, is sterling supportive. It's a bit like what we saw in New Zealand yesterday, wasn't it? We saw the Kiwi dollar up quite a bit after uh, Governor Orr, who wasn't a bundle of laughs, let's see, it's fair to say. I mean, they, they, they pushed up rates 75 basis points, and he made the point that, you know, the committee actually spent more time deciding whether it was 75 or 100 rather than 50 or, or 75. And he said, you know, the, 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 they are very eager now to get to their peak rate, which seems to be 5.5%. And we saw a reaction on the Kiwi dollar to that as well. So is perhaps a similar story very hawkish central bank yeah. pushing rates push, pushing rates faster and uh, we see uh, the movement in the currency we did and Aussie Kiwi down from uh, sort of mm. 108 and a quarter down to uh, you know to the mid 107s uh, which you know which, which 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 plays to that and I think you know coming back to what I said you know um, you know people now pushing out 
uh, in line with that, you are being Z track the idea that in February we'll get um, you know uh, another seventy five basis points and then fifty in in April. So what about the FOMC minutes? They're out fresh, hot off the press this morning. Uh, what happened at that last meeting, and what can it tell us in particular about what's going to happen at the next one? Yeah, I think so. The headline there really was a substantial uh, majority of members judged that uh, a slowing in the pace of rate hikes will likely be appropriate soon. So that plays to the idea of a dialing back to fifty basis points in December on December the 14th after what four times 75 rate hikes and I guess also to the idea that you know as we saw in that November statement about the cumulative effects of tightening same time um, various members um, saw rates peaking at a higher level again that really shouldn't surprise us but you know various members I think that's probably um, not as strong as people had thought, you know, because given the amount of the extent of Fed rhetoric we've seen about, you know, higher for longer, various doesn't sound quite as strong, I think. And so I think what you might see here is um, when we get the December uh, dot plot, we might well see some division, some dispersion where you've got some officials looking for, you know, a higher for longer track and others yet uh, looking for something perhaps not so high and they're as they're also uh, more of a, an easing as we go through 24 and 25 if we think back to the september minutes they had something like 50 60 basis points of easing in, in 24 and another 100 in 2025 so you know we'll be looking at looking at that against you know that backdrop sort of thing. i'm looking at this line just quickly before we move on participants concurred that there were very few signs of inflation pressures abating so i mean that that just goes with the whole thing about you know still a way to go doesn't it it, it, it does it does but it, you know let's come back to the, the one of the takeaways is the cumulative effects and, and, and why why should we not be surprised after what they said in the november statement and uh, and close on 500 basis points and as we get towards yeah. that i mean it's you know makes sense right well look today uh the german ifo numbers the uh, ecb minutes the rick's bank they're going to be another bank presumably going for 75 basis points so those ecb minutes i mean that was that 75 basis point meeting we've had christine lagarde saying that they're going to keep going philip lane though suggesting small rises so uh, i guess a lot of the discussions that were held within that room have come out in the wash since but it's going to be interesting to see what's in those minutes as well i'm sure absolutely i mean it does seem to be the ecb is playing for 50 basis points in december that seems to be the market's uh, track and then dialing things mm. back down in 2023 but because inflation and core inflation is so resilient there um you know they're certainly going to move up through that two uh, percent sort of normalization to you know um uh, further further restrictive territory to head in towards three percent in our view right okay very good thanks for that gavin catch you again very soon uh thanks for coming on cheers big going on today might be a bit more difficult filling up tomorrow because of course america's eating turkey uh we i don't know i'll do a tap dance routine or something we'll find somewhere filling it in uh i'll be back tomorrow morning i'm phil dobby for nab catch you then thanks for listening